Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, yeah, okay. For those of you vi- visiting us, I never wear glasses. That's the... Yeah, right, okay. I knew that I wanted to wear a suit today um, uh, on Christmas weekend, and uh, I don't get to wear suits often, and uh, I enjoy it, but not extremely, but I do enjoy it at times. And so um, I have a hard time dressing myself and matching colors sometimes. That's just who I am. My, my family always says, well, that doesn't match. It's like, I finally got to the point where I say, I really don't care anymore. I'm just, I'm old now, and what does it even matter? I mean, what does it matter? So... But I'm glad you came out with us this morning as we switched our service to Saturday and next week too so you could enjoy family and our, our, our servant, people who serve in church can enjoy their, their Christmas with their families and things like that. And Let me just tell you that next Saturday, <clears throat> our Generations team is going to be running a service. You'll hear three of our great young preachers. Don't miss that one. You can invite friends to that one also. You see, there'll bunch of, be a, young, a lot of young people running the service. Let's support them because the next generation is very important for our church. Is it not amen to that one? Yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> but today I want to I wanna talk about uh, continuing our series on, uh, on Emmanuel, God with us. And I want to talk about why Emmanuel. Why Emmanuel? And of course, Emmanuel means God with us, but Why? If you have children, if you've raised children, or if you've had nieces and nephews, or um, you've seen children, parents deal with your children, and a child, you know, somebody, <clears throat> a child, but yay, height, that age, uh, if they do something wrong, and you were to ask them, why did you do that, what would they answer? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They don't know. And they, you know what? I, I've come to the conclusion that they just really don't know, because they're a child. But you see, if I'm an adult and I don't know why I do what I do, that's a problem, correct? Because it's a problem in the respect that, um, that all I'm doing is living my life reacting to whatever life throws at me. And I don't want to live that way. I want to live with a purpose and a reason and a why because my why is where I funnel all of my decisions through in my life to keep my purpose and my reason for getting up in the morning. Somebody once said that, you know, if you, if you have a why, then you can face almost any what in your life. Has anybody found that to be true? I mean, even when things are going really bad or really negative, you still have that why to lean on. So today, <clears throat> we're going to talk about why. Why Emmanuel? Why Jesus? Why him? Why, why, did, he, why did he come a couple thousand years ago? Why did he do these things? And I'm going to give you, we're going to go back now to a verse. I'm going to read the original part of what I read three weeks ago when I started this series. But then I'm going to take one verse out of there. And I told you, you probably don't remember what I said. We're going to come back to this verse in later weeks. And we're going to come back to that verse. But I'm going to read Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. And I'm going to give you three points. And in those three points, as I look at Jesus, why? Why why Emmanuel? Why, Why did he come? If you take just those three principles, those truths from that verse, you will find a why and a purpose in your life if you're looking for one. And it will be the greatest purpose you could ever live. And I guarantee if you live it, 
when you and I pass, there will be a lot of people at our funeral. Amen to that one, huh? And so you want to impact people, and that's what Jesus did. Why, Emmanuel? So you watch the three things. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25 now, and then we'll go through the three things about why Jesus, why, why Emmanuel, why did he come? And here we go, verse 18. <clears throat> now the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And remember, three weeks ago, I expounded this whole text, so we don't need to do that again. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Tell him I said hi out there. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Here's our key verse for today that we'll come back to quite a few times. Verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. We know what that is, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come this Christmas season. We know why everything, why all the events and why people are shopping and we understand the real reason behind everything and we're thankful for that, that we get to know you personally. But today, God, we're gonna look in this word. We're gonna look at what the message was to Joseph because in there, we find out why Jesus came, why him? Why is Christmas? Why, why did he visit earth? But we'll find our own why in that also if we choose to follow these steps. And so, Father, I pray, I plead the blood of Jesus upon all of us here. And I pray the Holy Spirit's favor upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say, this one's going to be about you. Then you look this way, okay? Now, there's three things this morning. Okay, you don't have to have a conversation, okay? Just, just make that statement, all right? Uh, the first thing this morning is this. Jesus, you find the ingredients why he came. First thing is the problem. And what's the problem? Sin. Everything's filled in for you, and you know, so you can just follow along with me here. There's a problem, and that is sin. Now, let's go back in Matthew 121, and let's read it all together. One, two, three. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their, from their sins. Notice their sins. Now, let's deal with that just for a second. In Romans 3.23 in the New Testament, Paul the writer he writes this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So now we find that everyone has sinned. Everybody has and they fall short of God's glory, correct? Now, <clears throat> to understand it even more so, when he says for all have sinned, the word sin there, it literally means to miss the mark. You could say it like you missed the bullseye. And what is the bullseye? 
The bullseye is God's standard, God's standard of holiness, God's word, and what he says. And we all fall short of it. Every person does. So there's a problem, and that is sin. Now, let's think of the bullseye. About two and a half, three months ago, maybe not quite that long ago, but we had a men's fellowship. And then in this men's fellowship, it was an event. We went to shoot bows and arrows. Now, in the shoot, I've, I've never shot a bow and arrow. I, I'd never done it, so I want to do it. So some of us met down in Murrieta and Temecula, and obviously, I, I don't know what I'm doing, so I shot wrong, and I lost all feeling in my one fingertip right here. And it took about two months to get it back, okay? And I finally have it back again, so I, I, I mean, I'm human again. But I remember going there and thinking, I don't know if I can hit the bull's eye. And uh, there was two people from our fellowship, from our church, or two of the guys, they walked in. And they walked in with these big cases, okay? And in the cases, they had what they called composite bows, right? Do anybody know what that is? Well, they opened it up. And it's got all these pulleys and things like that. And then they put this special gizmo on the wrist that clips onto the string. And I'm thinking, oh, really? What am I doing here, okay? Are they going to shoot me at my car or something like that? And so I thought, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. They're going to hit the bullseye every time, every time. But the thing was, they didn't get to use their composite set. They had to shoot the regular bow and arrow that was there. And so you know what it looks like. There's a big paper, and there's circles, circle, circle, and then there's there's the middle target, which is the bullseye, right? And then you stand back about 50 feet, or so, and you shoot these things. And I remember uh, I shot, and I hit the paper, no doubt about it. (laughs) That wasn't funny, okay? But I did hit the paper. I hit the paper. And so I'm looking, and I look across, and I see one of the guys who carried in the big case with the composite bow set and everything like that. Now, you shoot two shots at a time. I went and looked at his, and he didn't hit the bullseye, He didn't even hit the circles around the bullseye. He didn't even hit the paper that contained the circles that contained the bullseye. His was way off up here. He missed a complete. Is that right, Andy Jagerson? That would happen? Yeah. So what I mean, did I drop a name? I didn't want to do that. That was bad. That was bad. That was bad. But here's the thing, guys. Even the best of us that day with all the equipment couldn't hit the bullseye. And that's true of life, is it not? Yes. That no matter how righteous we become and how good we become and how much we try, we don't always quite hit the bullseye. We all fall short of God's ideal and God's standard, do we not? Now, that is the problem. And let me show the problem with that. Romans 6, 23, Paul goes on to say this. He says, for the wages of sin is, say the word, death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so now we know there's a problem everyone sins it means to miss God's ideal but the wages of that the consequence of just one missing of the mark is death now what does that mean well it means yeah I die physical death but also it means physical I mean eternal separation from God eternity how many know that's a long time And so now there's a big problem, and Jesus sees the problem. And so he decides there's something's got to happen here. And that moves to the next thing in that verse in Jesus' why, and that's this. Two, there's the people. And who are the people? 
It's us. Let's go to Matthew 121 again and let's uh, let's all read it together. One, two, three. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now notice he's gonna save his people from their sins. So now you have some people involved in the situation who have a problem, and Jesus sees that. Huh, there's a problem. There are people pro- who are stuck in the problem. Now, who are the people? Let's go to 2 Peter 3, 9. Now, watch with Peter, who's one of the 12 eyewitnesses of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Historical fact. He's an eyewitness to the fact. Now, let's read this one all together. One, two, three. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance huh so now who are the people stuck in the problem it's any and everybody it's all of us correct because we've all sinned right and so he comes to do something because there's there's people who are stuck in the problem that's what Christmas is about and he decides to do something about it but not everybody wants him correct okay so um, I've shared with you before that I have grandkids now and they're coming like the Fast and Furious movies it's just nonstop. (laughs) And, you know, I, I, I prayed for just one, for one-third of one. I just, anything. And, and now it's like Fast and Furious 6 coming next year. And, uh, and, so, um, and so every Thursday morning, I've shared in the past that I, granddaddy, not grandpa, not G-pa, not, I'm granddaddy, okay? And so, uh, and I make that very clear to all my grandkids. Everybody, you know, I'm granddaddy. And so um, Willa, who's three, almost three and a half, and Scotty, Scotty, uh, Scotland, she's a girl, Scotland. And so, um, not Scotland, Scotland. And so, uh, she's almost two. And I always buy them one, uh, I get them a donut Thursday morning. I know they're going to be here, they know, and now they look forward to it, and they're waiting. I get them a cake donut down here at the, at the, at the donut store right here. And um, pink cover with sprinkles on it. How many wish they had that right now? Okay. I bring in the office, I get two plates. I cut about, oh, maybe one-third off, and I give it to Scotty because she's younger, and the other two-thirds goes to Willa. They are in my office sitting at a circular table if you've ever been in my office. We sit there, and they're eating their donut, and, and, and Willa, all she does is pick the sprinkles or bite the sprinkles off the top like a little bird. She's pecking, she, that's what she does. And she leaves all the bread, and she's done. Now, Scotty, Scotty, well, Scotty just rips it all apart and spreads it everywhere and walks away. And that's pretty much, that's pretty much what Scotty does. So on December the 8th, that's a Thursday morning. It's a day that will live in infamy in my mind. We're sitting there eating the donuts Thursday morning. And Willa, just eating away, getting her sprinkles. She's, she's almost three and a half. She looks up at me and she says these words. I love my mommy. And I thought, how sweet. And I thought, I asked her, I go, do you love your granddaddy? She goes, no. (laughs) While she's eating the donut that I provided for her, she says, no. I don't love you, but thank you for the donut, okay? But no thanks on the rest of you, okay, granddaddy? Now, don't you think about that? Isn't that just true of many people in this world? 
Here comes Jesus. He sees the problem. And the problem is because of people committing the problem. And he comes to do something about the problem that people have attached to that are committing. But he does all this for them, but they still say, no. No, I, 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 really, I really don't want you. And so he continues on, though. It didn't stop him whatsoever because there's, there's a problem and there's people. And so now he's got to do the third thing, and that's this. There's the solution. Number three is the solution. And who's the solution? It's him. Ah, now, <clears throat> let's think about this. Oh, let's read the verse, I should say. All together one more time. One, two, three. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Oh, now we find that he will save their people from their sins. Now, sidebar, very quick, like I said in the beginning, that if you want to find a purpose in your life, if you want to find the highest reason in your life of why you are here, why you were born in this time frame of history of the world, your purpose, all you have to do is find a problem in society. See the people, find them who are stuck in the problem. And then you volunteer yourself to become a major part of the solution to that problem. Any amens on that? If you just follow those three principles, you will never lack a purpose in your life. And you will be loved by many, many people. Many people, because you're, you're giving your life up for them. Now, <clears throat> Jesus, he sees the problem. And he sees the people attached to the problem. And it's all of us, and we're all sinners. And so he says, I've got to come and do something about that. I'm the solution to the problem. He came to save them. Now, the word save, let me do some little bit of theology here for you very quickly. But the word save there that is used by the angel in the dream of Joseph, it's a very interesting word. It's the Greek word sadzo, or sozo, some of you might say it that way. But it's spelled sadzo. And this same word is the word used when, do you remember when the, there's the story in Luke, the 10 lepers come to Jesus? Remember that one? And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. They start walking away, and all of a sudden they're healed, and only one turns back. Remember that guy? And he comes back, and Jesus basically says, where's the other nine? They don't come back to worship or say thanks or nothing like that. A lot of Christians do that one, huh? But, um, but, but the one that came back, Jesus tells him, you've been made well. Huh, that's interesting. Made well is the same word the angel uses to Joseph for say. Now keep that thought in your mind. You move in the New Testament to Romans. In Romans chapter uh, 10, verses 9 and 10, Paul writes, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's right. That word saved there, same Greek word, sadzo, as the word the angel used to Joseph here. So now when you put it all together, you begin to realize that you're saved. You're saved from an eternal penalty. But not just that, you're made well. That your life can absolutely get better and better. It doesn't mean problems always go away, but your life gets better. You can be delivered from those generational curses in your family that you've seen again and again and again that you're saying, I don't want to be that way. Any amens on that? You can be delivered from your insecurities. I can be delivered from my anger, from my bitterness, from my unforgiveness. I can be delivered from my great ability to destroy relationships and marriages. I can be delivered from all those things. I can be made better. I can be made well. And if that's not attractive to you, I don't know what is. Now, let me draw deeper into that. He saved us. Okay, let me show you what he saved us from, why he comes to earth, why this was such an important event. Here we go, three of them. He saved us from the penalty of sin, and that's called what? 
justification. That's right. It's the declaration that you and I are innocent. We're declared innocent. We're in Jesus now. It's as if you've never sinned in your life. And then the second one is, we've been saved from the power of sin. That's sanctification. That means that now I can be separated as I continue my walk with Christ. I can become more holy and more holy and more holy as the power is there to separate from sin. Amen? It'd be like this. Justification is salvation in the past. I'm declared innocent. August 12, 1979, I was declared innocent. But sanctification is salvation in the present. Ongoingly, I'm separating more and more from sin. Follow me so far? But it doesn't just end there what I'm saved from. That's the third one now, and that's the presence of sin. That's glorification. Huh, what does that mean? Well, justification is I'm declared innocent. Glorification in eternity, I'm not just declared, I'm no more, it's not declaration. I am now permanently innocent and righteous. Do you follow me on that? That's a real good thing that I just shared with you right there, my friends. Now, I want to take you on three different excursions. They get, each one gets a little longer, okay? I want to talk about Jesus in this issue of there was a problem, there's people with the problem, and he was the solution to the problem. That's what Christmas is all about. That's why he came. The first thing I want to share with you is this. All major religions in this world, they have a prophet that you will say something like this. I'm the prophet from God, and I've come to teach you how to find God. Jesus is different, though. Jesus comes and says, I am God, and I've come to find you. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference? That's a magnificent, beautiful, but very defined difference. All the prophets of the major religions say, I am from God, and I've been sent to teach you how to find God. Jesus says, oh, no, 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 no. I am God, and I'm here to find you. Okay, so how did he find us? That's the second thought I want to give you. I want to take you back in time. Some of you will remember, most of you will not, you weren't here. I want to go back to 2003, 19 years ago. I was like eight. (laughs) Um, I remember... It was the year we were going to break ground on the property. Anyone remember that? There was just dirt. There was an old house there, a bunch of weeds. And there was a bunch of gophers. I used to come every Friday. Well, when we bought it, nothing but dirt, and I'd walk the property. I'd walk it, and I'd pray around the property. I'd do that every Friday morning. But the, but the property's filled with gophers. Now, let's, let's just say that all the big earth movers were lining up because they did line up. And all these gophers were on this property. And it's going to come, it's going to wipe them out. It's going to kill them. They're going to die and they don't know it's coming. Now let's pretend that you and I, we are all the gophers, okay? Can you pretend you're a gopher? Let's see, make a face. No, I'm just joking. Don't make a face. And let's say we're in the hole in the ground and burrowed in and everything. And let's say a construction worker comes by and he knows these earth movers are going to, they're coming. They're coming. And he starts yelling down in the holes that we're in. We're down there, you know. (laughs) You know, and he's yelling, you got to, gophers, gophers, you got to get out. You got to get out. They're coming. They're going to move. You're going to die. You're going to get squashed. It's going to be bad. You will not survive. You're going to die. He could yell that all day, and what's going to happen? 
Nothing, because we're down on the ground going like this. Right? We're gophers. What must that construction worker do to give us the message? He's got to become a gopher. Jesus became a gopher. Jesus became a human. He took on flesh. And he came down to us to give us the message, to show us the way, to teach us about the Father in heaven. And we killed him. And we killed him. We took the donut, but we don't want to love him. Follow me? Hmm. He came and said, I'm God. I came to find you. Oh, but you don't want me. Hmm. Now let me take a third thought. Why Jesus? Why Jesus? What qualifies him to come to earth and be our savior? What qualifies this man? Because that's a big question. Why not somebody else? Well, I don't think it would be fitting since uh, I'm not preaching next Sunday. We have our generations team preaching. I'll be here with you. I don't think it'd be fitting if I didn't in my last message of the year say to you, all of you, um, I'm a movie guy. <laughs> you all know what I mean, right? I couldn't wait for this illustration. Um, why Jesus? Okay. I'm a Marvel fan. Thank you for the one clap out there. <laughs> but let me take you back to Captain America, the first Avenger. When Captain America becomes Captain America, and as a kid, I loved Captain America. Of course, I called him Capitan Americano. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I didn't call him that. Call him Captain America. Okay. But there's, um, if you've ever seen the movie, you know the story of Captain America. In the movie, he's a 90-pound weakling, Steve Rogers. I mean, he just, they make him so scrawny, so little. And he keeps wanting to enlist into World War II. Anyone remember the movie? And they won't take him because he's like, he's, no, you're kidding. There's no way. And he changes his name and changes his city. So he tries everywhere. They won't take him. They won't take him. And eventually, this guy, Dr. Erskine, he sees him and, uh, and he says, okay. He lets him in and he, you're, you're in the service because he wants to put him in the super soldier program. The super soldier program is where they're going to inject him with things to make him do the super soldier. He's a candidate. He's not the guy yet. And then there's a scene where he's now in the service and he's in this squad and they're all running and he just can't keep up. He doesn't have the physical tools to keep up. He's a 90-pound weakling. He's just a, he's just a little guy. I mean, and he's sickly kind of, I think, is what it was. And so um, there's the colonel, Tommy Lee Jones, and there's Dr. Erskine. And they're dialoguing. And the, and the colonel says to Dr. Erskine, he says, you, you're not seriously considering Rogers, are you? And he says to the doctor, he says, Hodge over here, he's a much better candidate. Hodge is a different soldier. He goes, he's stronger, he's faster, he's passed all the tests. And Dr. Erskine says, Hodge is a bully. And Tommy Lee Jones, the colonel, he says, wars aren't won by being nice. 
And then the colonel, who doesn't want Steve Rogers, because no way, he pulls out a fake hand grenade, pulls the pin, throws in the middle of the squad. Everybody runs for cover, including Hodge, but not Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers throws himself on top of that grenade to save everyone else. See, that's the first test he passed. He's willing to lay down his life for others. Because you see, whoever's going to become the super soldier, they're going to carry major responsibility and power. He's willing to lay down his life for others. He passes the first test. And then it, it moves to where Dr. Erskine is having a conversation with him. Because now comes the second thing. And he says, he asks Steve Rogers, do you want to kill Nazis? And Steve Rogers says, I don't want to kill anybody. I just hate bullies. I don't care where they're from. Amen to that one, huh? I don't care where they're from. And then Dr. Erskine, he says this to him. Because it's the night before he's going to go into that tank and be injected to become the super soldier, Captain America. He says to him, Steve Rogers, whatever happens tomorrow, I want you to promise me one thing. Stay who you are. A good man. A good man. Huh. And that's the big test. Well, you see, he's a good man. And if you watched all these movies, what you see in Captain America when he becomes Captain America, he's one of the few that never has to change character whatsoever. He's always morally good. He always chooses the right thing. He'll always choose the right thing. Even in the movie Captain America Civil War, when part of his team wants to go the wrong way, he will not bow to that. He will stay firm in his values. and He's morally good. He stays good no matter what. He's the same character all the way through. There's even that one funny little scene. It's very quick. When Remember when Iron Man actually says a curse word and Captain America Steve Rogers says, uh, language. It's, that little, it's a funny little scene, but it's like, that's Captain America. He's morally good. He's right. And so he passes the two major tests. Test one, he lays down his life for others. Test two, he's morally right, morally pure. Why did Jesus come? Why was he the candidate? Why was he the one to come in? Saw the problem, saw the people, and become the solution? Because he's willing to lay down his life for others. And he's morally pure. He never sinned. And it took a sinless sacrifice to take the place of you and I on that cross to die for our sins. And that's why he came. That's why Emmanuel came to this planet. And that's what Christmas is all about. Now, let's pray. God, you know, I I pray for peace. I pray for all the good stuff and everybody's home represented here for joy in your life. That Jesus, that you do what only you can do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you that you saw the problem. Us, the people, stuck in the problem. And that you became the solution. Your life for ours. Thank you for that. That's why you came. That was your reason. 
And we're so grateful for it. Amen. Would you just be seated just for a minute? Now, remember, there was a problem, and that's sin. And the problem is created by people, and that's us. And that problem, the consequences of that problem, that sin that we've committed, all of us, is eternal separation from God. But Jesus, in his great love, he comes to earth, visits his creation, enters into the time continuum that he created, takes on human form to become the perfect sacrifice, the only one that could die in our place to save us from our sins. He's the one. That's why Emmanuel. That's why Christmas. That's what it's all about. But back to the donut. <laughs> He's done all that for us. He's created everything. Science now points to a creator. Something created all this. This thing is so perfectly fine-tuned, this universe, for human life. In so many exact ways, it's incredible. Points to a creator. But what are you going to do with that creator? See, Christmas is not just about all the peripherals. Oh, we're going to celebrate Christmas tonight, tomorrow. We're going to do it whenever your family does it. But what about the one, the reason for it? Jesus Christ. Are you going to make room for him? Are you going to surrender your life to him? If you're here today and you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you've never become a disciple of Christ, he came looking for you. He came for you. And he came not just to wash away your sins, but he came to give you a really good life. He came to transform you just a bit at a time to make you into the person you were always meant to be. Now I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith in that Jesus Christ, the only true living God, the only one. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus and you'd like to this morning, we're grateful for that. If you backslid and somehow they wrangled you into church today like they did to me a long time ago, 43 years ago, but I gave my life to Christ and it changed everything. If you backslid, then it's time to come back to Christ. It's time to put your faith back in Him and live for Him. So if you'd like to put your faith in Jesus, you'd like to commit your life to Christ and surrender, you'd like to make room in your heart for Him now, or you'd like to Rededicate your life to Christ. Excellent. Excellent. I want you all to close your eyes right now. Everybody, close your eyes. And if you'd like to place your faith in Jesus or rededicate your life, would you just lift your hand up right now? With every eye closed. Just lift your hand up so I can see it. Keep it up. I want to see. Yeah, uh huh. Uh huh. Keep it up so I can see it. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now I want everyone to say this. Repeat this prayer. And those who looked up at me, you repeat it. And when, all you have to do is place your faith in Jesus because it's through faith, yours, and God's grace 
God's favor upon you that you cannot earn, that's how you're saved. So I want everyone to say it out loud. All you Christians say it. Repeat it after me. And those who raise your hand, say it with us. And you raise your hand, you put your faith in Jesus now as your only true Savior and the only God that there is. Because He is the only God. Everything else is an idol. So here we go. Repeat this prayer. Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to do something about my problem. Volunteering yourself as a solution. Coming to earth to your creation to save it. Forgive me of my sins. I know I'm forgiven. I place my faith in you. I surrender. I make room in my heart for my only Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now allow me to pray. God, I pray for everyone who, who lifted their hand. You have been delivered now. The penalty of sin is gone. You've been declared innocent. Now you walk in the sanctification. The power of sin is gone. You can begin to walk a new life. But know most of all that God loves you and you're his kid. He came looking for you. And today you have been found. You're somebody, your identity, you've got your real identity back, child of God. And Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord. Because really, when a person is born again, that is what Christmas Day is. You're born in their heart. This is your Christmas Day. And we thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen and amen. God bless you. You have a blessed Christmas. God bless you all. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCCNorco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.